Welcome to the teaching ministry of pastors Carl and Cheryl Thomas. Our favorite verse is Habakkuk 2.14, where the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Consumed by that revelation, we are committed to recognizing, resourcing, and releasing high-impact ministries resulting in global glory, transforming lives to impact their world. We have a teaching that will impact you today. Now, let's get right into that word. You know what? I got some other folks here. Isn't it good? And we're it's practicing good. some physical distancing. And I know that's real to all of the folks here. And I appreciate that they've come in here today. But let's start way over there. We're going to introduce ourselves over there with Stephen. Stephen, tell us who are you. Your microphone. You got to use that microphone there. <laughs> he missed the rehearsal. So. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, folks. Okay. So I'm Stephen Henry. You impact world. Uh, love you guys. Miss you so much. You know, I'm one of the elders here in the church. And I'm just privileged and honored to be here today to share. Amen. Name. Well, glad you're here, Stephen. This is Viviana. Viviana, say hi to these folks. Hola, everyone. Hey. <laughs> Got some Spanish for our Spanish uh, church. Um, so my name is Viviana. I'm so blessed to be here today and just to see the background of what's going on for everyone at home to get this blessing and the word. So first of all, thank you, Pastor, and to thank you to everyone here. So we'll see what's going to happen. It's kind of fun for you guys to see how we're pulling this off and see some of the background of what goes on. Eh? So it yeah. doesn't look like the, the sanctuary anymore, does it? It looks a bit different. So Viviani, where are you from? I am from South America. I'm from Argentina. Proud to be Argentinian. Awesome. <laughs> uh, but it's a shame about their soccer team, though. Uh, let's okay? not. That's Carl. Get there, <laughs> Pastor. Sorry. <laughs> peace. Yeah. I know peace. It's it's communion day. It so is. Come on. Um, I am from Argentina, but I've been living here for 30 years. So basically, I'm Canadian. Awesome. <laughs> um, I'm a mother of four boys. Um, I've been married for almost 21 years. Wow. Good. And been Christian for, uh, I accepted Jesus when I was 15. Great. So I'm not going to give you the math. <laughs> to do. It's all good. Uh, so, yeah. So, and I've moved to London uh, three years ago now. Um, and actually, uh, God just brought us to this church. It wasn't something that we were thinking about it. We're always thinking Hispanic. We want to go to a Spanish church to get our Spanish people all together. But um, we did go to a Spanish church for a year. But we found out that it wasn't meeting our needs. Um, meeting our needs. Um, so then we start praying. And I start searching the internet. And that's where I found Impact Church. And that's where we are now. It's awesome. We're so glad you did because you've brought such a refreshing uh, presence to who we are and love your family. You guys and really good barbecue. Good barbecue. Yeah, much yeah, good stuff. Very good. And then one of my favorite guys over here, Jedrin, why don't you introduce yourselves to these folks? So my name is Jedrin Ingungu. Um, I am a child of God. And hey. I'm, I'm very glad to be part of the Impact family. Um, I feel so much at home, you know, some things change, but one thing it stays forever, that is Jesus Christ, our yeah. Lord. And it's good to be amongst people who I know they love me regardless. And I, I love them regardless. I just feel so blessed to be part of this family. Hey, that's fantastic. Yeah. Kanisha, are we okay with our using our microphones? Do we need any instructions? We got to hold them closer to our mouths at all? Is that right? Thank you for that sign. All right. Well, I love these guys. Jeffrey, where, where are you from? Where are you from originally? So, I'm a mixture of so many things, but I was born in Zambia, so I'm a Zambian by birth, uh, but I was lived in the, in the UK, in England, where I trained um, 
did my medical training and now I live in Canada. So <laughs> I'm Zambian, British, Canadian. <laughs> well, we love you guys. So your what fam. is your training in? So I'm a physician, but I'm, I'm a specialist psychiatrist. Yeah. Very good. Good. All right. So we're going to be careful. Yes. All right. I'll, I'll especially you get some notice when his eyebrows Carl. go up. I'll go, oops. So <laughs> it's good. Well, uh, we want to talk about a few things. We want to have communion together. So I don't. we don't really have a massive script. These guys, we didn't get together and figure anything out. But we just wanted to do something that was community and that you could see. And what I do love about this church, we had somebody from El Salvador in here uh, uh, last year. They came up from Texas with their family, kind of refugees. And, and uh, I went and met with them. The first thing he said to me, he said, Pastor, there's not a cent of racism in your church at all. And I went, wow. I mean, I didn't ask for that. That was just given. And I'm glad about that. Uh, I mean, I was raised in a pastor's home. Uh, my granddads were pastors. And, and I thank God that the church that uh, I went to, or what was born into, was a very multicultural church. Mm -hmm. So growing up, I didn't just have friends that were from all different ethnicities. I had, I had leaders in the church, elders and, and deacons and people in our community that were leaders. And I called them, you know, Mr. and Sir, you know, Mr. Denton, Elder Denton. I, they were people that I had the utmost respect for in my life. So, you know, uh, I've really found out that you don't, you're not born with racism. You're not born with discrimination. It is something that you got to learn. And, and I'm, I'm saddened that that gets taught at all. And uh, so there are those strange pressures in culture and in society. But I, I do love about this church that it is multicultural. And I, I love the differences. And we've been privileged. I've been privileged to travel to every continent except Antarctica. I'm not sure I want to go there. But uh, maybe, who knows, might be a penguin that needs Jesus. I won't be going on that you trip. You won't be going on no. that trip. <laughs> but I, I think the, the joy of travel and the joy, and I don't just go visit like a hotel in a country. I've been able to stay with people in their homes and, and do everything with them. And uh, people are awesome. Like everywhere in the world, like people are such a beautiful commodity. And I'm, I'm just so, so glad to be a part of all that. Mm -hmm. so, so we're going to uh, talk about a few things and just kick some stuff around. But I got a video clip a little video clip that uh, I shared a bit and Cheryl shared a bit from a couple years back. And so we just want to kind of show that to you right now. You ready? So Sue's going to do that right now. Nelson Mandela, he said, for to be free is not merely to cast off one's change, but to live in a way that respects and enhances the freedom of others. You know, if you see every single person, every person, I don't care who they are or where they're from, every person is worthy of value. And if you see that and you're willing to serve them, you're not only going to experience your own freedom, you're going to cause the freedom of other people. And service is the way to greatness. Really, really is. He said uh, another couple Nelson Mandela quotes. If you talk to a man in a language he understands, that goes into his head. If you talk to him in his language, that goes to his heart. That, that lady, when she walked in my room and she said, I got a little green man, comes out of my cupboard. My language was, that's nonsense. Her language was, something is tormenting my life. When I entered into her language, I began to have a heart connection with her that brought freedom. But you see, we just keep on shouting at each other. You know, things are going on, but you know what, we're not, we're not really touching anything or achieving anything or doing anything. Are you guys all okay? All right. Smile at me if you're okay. Right. Send me an email if you're not. He said, I, I detest racialism because I regard it as a barbaric thing, whether it comes from a black man or a white man. It's a barbaric thing. Now, Oprah Winfrey, I couldn't leave Oprah out of the scene. 
I thought this was good. My brother has always said this. He, he, my daughter was talking about, you know, some of the frustrations he's gone through in life and some of the pains in life. And my brother leaned over and he said, you know how you deal with all of that? Live well. And she went, yeah, that's really good. You know, if somebody's hurt you or caused you pain or caused you grief, don't hang on to that. Just live well. And she went, that was good. Uncle Dave, you're awesome. And I said, I said that before he did. <laughs> but Oprah Winfrey, she said, excellence is the best deterrent to racism or to sexism. Excellence. Be excellent. Be excellent. Don't get sucked into the hatred and the nonsense. Rise above it and be excellent. Don't allow somebody to, to narrow you or label you and draw you into the fight in one place or another. You're way above that. You're seated with Christ in heavenly places, far above all rule and principality. You've got a different perspective and a different sight line. You're called to rule above it, not enter into it. Thank you, Pastor. That was good. Okay. So where the here we come back to the concept of honor, okay? And this is where we were last week. It says, where the concept of honor has been corrupted, shame begins to dominate. And we really must honor every single person. Romans 12, 10, here's Paul saying, be kindly affectionate. I love that word affectionate. You know, being kind is one thing, but to be affectionate in your kindness. Wow. Another with brotherly love in honor giving preference to one another. Like, will you just listen to what the other person is saying? Will you quit talking for a minute and just listen to whatever the pain is, whatever is going on? Will you just stop? And will you prefer them first? Let them talk first. Let them feel. Let them get it out. Let them whatever it is. We're never going to have a heart-to-heart -heart if we keep on not honoring other people above ourselves. Everybody else, trust me, if you're a good believer, everybody else is greater than you. Everybody. Hello. Quit trying to be the big guy in the room. Jesus said go low. Because he said the greatest in the kingdom is the least. So if you really want to be great, come on. All right. Let's go quickly. Finish up. Reading of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It brought sin, it brought death in the world, a culture of judging, condemning, and comparison. Love always honors and it always values a person. First Corinthians or First Samuel six seventeen, the Lord does not see as a man sees. He does not look at outward appearance. But the Lord looks at the heart. Two types of honor achieved and ascribed. Uh, one is because you perform at a certain level. The other is because, listen, it's someone else. Someone else. It's the quality of another that gives that honor to you. Second Corinthians 5.21 made him who had no sin to be sin for us that we may become the righteousness of God. God dealt with the sin problem once and for all so that we could be restored to righteousness. Now just one example. I gave you three last week. Just want to come back to the Samaritan woman just quickly because you have to understand if you do not understand the culture of the day, when Jesus said, I must go through Samaria, his disciples were having a fit. Because you know what? Any other Gentile place is not so bad, but Samaria is worse than worse. They are the double dog, worst dogs in the world. Jesus was in a full-on, he led them in a full-on frontal attack against racism. He said, we're going to confront this, we're going to deal with it. He told them to go to a Samaritan market and get some lunch. They were probably freaking out. I got to go to some Samaritan dude and ask him for a bagel. Like, ugh. 
They were probably horrified that they had to go through this experience. But Jesus wanted to confront that in them. He wanted to show them that he was going to be meeting with a woman who was, was, you know, pretty much a prostitute, living with some guy, been married five times, who was so full of shame, she came in the middle of the day to the well because she didn't want to see people. And then she saw this guy there, and he's not just a guy, he's a Jewish teacher. Oh, my goodness. And then he wanted to talk to her. She's like, what is going on? But he totally changed her world and totally rocked the world of his disciples. If you're really going to follow Jesus, he's going to take you places that are very uncomfortable. He's going to put you face to face with people that are going to confront some things in your life. Agape love is a kind of love that gets up at the crack of dawn, feet on the ground, tools on hand, and ready to serve. Love builds communities. Love nurtures positive social interactions. It unifies. Love is manifest in the way we talk and in the way we walk and the way we eat with one another. Love is manifest in the fellowship we have together. It affirms all things. Love transcends our self-imposed caste systems and personal biases. Love honors those who brought you the gospel. Love honors those who share their lives with you. Love honors leaders. Love forms whole and holistic people who are anchored in the well-being of others. I'm anchored. Think about that. I'm anchored in the well-being of others. When you think about all those guys hooking arms, I'm anchored. If you're not good, I'm not good. If one member suffer, we suffer. If one member's rejoice, we all rejoice. We are anchored in the well-being of one another. Amen? Amen. Do you believe that? Amen. We need to live like that. Amen? Amen. Getting mean. <laughs> Love will not let us down if we genuinely live in it together. In sum, Christianity asks its followers to be kind and considerate towards one another. It asks us to be sensitive and even come alongside those who are less fortunate than us. These actions are fairly simple in theory, but really hard to work out in practice. And this is where you and I can shine. Amen? Paul said in 1 Corinthians, he said, Now you are the body of Christ, and members in particular. And we're one body, but there's lots of diversity that happens within the body of Christ. You can have unity and diversity all at the same time. That should be celebrated, and that's what makes us so great. Amen? When one member suffer, we all suffer. When one rejoices, we should all rejoice. There's nothing worse than Christians who can't celebrate with people when the life is going well. Isn't that terrible? When I hear something good is happening in someone's life, I just want to say, woo-hoo, that is so great. I'm so proud of you. I'm so excited for you. I'm so happy for you. But when we can't celebrate someone else's good, good, um, good fortune, there's something wrong with your head. Amen? And then you should just say, me next. Amen? So there should be no, Paul says this, there should be no schism in the body. And all members should have the same care one for another. And for me, we ought not to define ourselves by the differences we see in others. And I ought not to be afraid of the differences I see in others. When I come together, I look around and this is a very, very diverse and different community. Amen? The church is not a place for ageism, racism, sexism, or tribalism. The church is no place for prejudice, xenophobia, homophobia, preferential, treat preferential treatment, or entitlement. The church is no place for elitism, politicism, or exclusionism. In fact, as a believer, there's no place for any of that in my life. Amen? I ought not to be afraid of what other people look like. Amen? That's all there is to it. My only debt, my only responsibility to people who are different than me is the unconditional love of God. And that's it. Amen?
That's all there is to it. In this congregation, we are former Catholics, Hindus, agnostics, atheists, and former sinners. We are boomers, Gen X, Gen Y, millennials. We are Africans, South Americans, Asians, Europeans, Canadians, First Nations, and Indian. We are the body of Christ. We are diverse yet unified in the love of God. We are the light of the world. And so when I think about unity and I think about love and I think about a body that is knit together and joined together, for me it actually goes beyond just the borders or in the, uh, the walls of this church. For me that kind of expression has to go to the greater world at large. Amen? Um, Paul said, and I read this earlier in offering teaching, that God made from one man. So we all come from one man. If we were to really look biologically at the differences between men, women, white, black, yellow, whatever, there'd be like less than probably 1% difference. And yet we, we have celebrated and we have become so tribal that we have no regard for mankind, we have no regard for our fellow brother. And Paul said, I've made them one from one man, every nation, to dwell on the face of the earth. And Paul did this and he inspired an affirmation for the unity of mankind. We can model something beyond tribalism. Amen? We can model something that, uh, that is beyond tribalism, which is poisoning our culture and dividing families, dividing communities, dividing countries, dividing nations. Every human being we come in contact with should be seen, valued, and heard. Wow. wow, that was some good stuff right there. Some Pastor Cheryl took a long time, though. Yeah, and yeah. Took a long time. <laughs> you know, I got a quote here from Richard Rohrs, one of my favorite guys. He, he said, if you don't transform your pain, you will most assuredly transmit it. If you don't transform your pain, you will most assuredly transmit it. So I just, just thought that's pretty important. There's a lot of pain around today, but, uh, you know, I don't think pain, sometimes with your body, pain isn't bad because it tells you something's not right. Yeah. And that's one of the purposes of pain. Mm -hmm. So, but, you know, you got to deal with it. It's not like, oh, I'm in pain. I'm going to stay in pain. You got you to gotta work on your pain because if you don't, transform it, you're assuredly going to transmit it. So Jedrin, you guys, you got uh, children, you got uh, a daughter and a son, and uh, so you're doing a little bit of homeschool and things like that. How are you guys dealing with all of this distancing and stuff going on? Well, it's, it's very different. Yeah. <laughs> it's come with on, its own challenges, but uh, uh, fortunately for me, I'm away most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> You're away most of the time. Fortunately, for you, wow. wow. Okay. But uh, when when I come back from work, Priska tries to leave everything for me to do. Yeah. So you got a, well, a list to do when you get home. I do, yeah. But 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 this has been all good. I mean, God has been gracious, and and um, I can't re I can't even believe it that it's been this long. I know. Yeah. yeah uh, but but we've 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 been through it, and I think I believe we're coming to the end true so what's going to happen when we come out of all this what do you think we're going to see oh my god we'll be you know back flipping in here <laughs> <laughs> so if you missed the community missed that oh all very that much so yeah I, I i don't i i've always thought that i'm not a very social person because people have made comments uh, that, really yeah that I, you're not a very social person <laughs> but this has taught me that i'm a very social person yeah, i yeah. just miss being around people hugging people sitting down together to talk to eat and to share it's, it's been very different. 
Yeah, it's I, a I, whole I, eating thing together oh, that is really, wow. yeah. that I feel I've missed so much. I yeah. wanted to go have breakfast yesterday, so we're both trying, like, we want to go out for breakfast. So, yeah. so of course, I started cooking again so that Cheryl would push me out of the kitchen, and it was real good yeah. right there. Yeah. So, uh, Viviana, what's going on? You got, you got your boys at home. You got four boys. So, how's that? What's that experience been like? Well, um, for the oldest one, the two oldest ones, they, they are loving it. Yeah. <laughs> and the high school as well. You know, just doing their homework and then going to their video games and activities. Uh, but it's been tough for the little one. Yeah. Like, he oh, has yeah. a lot of energy. He only, he's only five, so he has a ton of energies. Um, and myself being at work, um, at home, and then have Mauricio, my husband, working twice a week so he's been helping out again um, but it's been a family um, I would say a family uh, responsibility yeah. like it's not just into the parents for to get organized and to have everything fixed and to do homework the boys have got involved a lot and that oh, helped great. so so much and also it shows that um, that we need each other yeah so it's been it's been actually a great experience it we, we as Spanish, we tend to spend a lot of time together as a family, and this actually brought us more together. We are going out, our trips are basically on Sunday after church. We go out for a ride on the car, and then we just get Timmy's, and we talk, and I don't know, I just find that this actually has brought us more together than what we thought we were. Wow. I like it. That's good like stuff. Yeah. Stephen, come on. Share with us. Tell us what's going on. Oh, well, um, it's been interesting, definitely. Yeah. I mean, share, like as everybody else said. Um, for schooling-wise, uh, Jasmine, she's uh, grade 7 this year. She's finishing out. Um, I don't have to do too much overseeing for Jasmine. I can just tell her, you know, you do your work. Teacher sends in the work, and she does it pretty good and uh Alyssa, you know grade three i gotta be able to sit with her and it's time consuming i definitely have a new appreciation for teachers yes. time for dealing with like you know many different students so uh and then you know because i'm still working at the bank the hours have changed and so forth but um it's it's been a challenge in this in in a way but in the same time it's been good uh the first part of our of this shutdown was you know we couldn't see anybody the couldn't girls couldn't see any friends or whatnot so i really thought that that time the girls got a lot closer together good. and um but then you know as things started to loosen up a little bit you know jazz really wanted to see one of her friends and as soon as that happens you know Alyssa starts to suffer a little bit with it because she doesn't get to see some of her friends that are still younger, right? But um, it's been good. It's been really good. We thank God for uh, everything we've got, especially this pool now because it's being a saving grace for the us pool. Now, right? Finally got it open and about a couple weeks ago and they've been swimming ever since and just enjoying themselves. Thank God for the sun, uh, the weather too, yeah. right? So it's been good. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. So Stephen, during this whole thing, I mean, and you're, you're married to Sarah. She's a white gal and you got uh, your children. I mean, how in the last couple of weeks, how have you processed things, you know, the last couple of weeks? How do you work through that at home? Well, you know what, Pastor? It's, um, it's something that's, been at the forefront of my life for a long time. Yeah. Right. You know, I can still remember back when my mom 
I uh, was working for a big factory back in uh, the 70s, and she was maybe one of three women that were working in the factory at that time, let alone a black woman. Wow. So she got a lot of pushback, a lot of, you know, uh, male chauvinism and so forth, stuff like that. But she set them straight, yeah, you know. And uh, you know, from my, my family being from Jamaica, we we know how to do things right. <laughs> um, but yes, it's it's been uh, honestly throughout this whole thing, I'm saddened by everything that's happened. And you know, I I personally believe though that um, when you don't have Christ. Uh, at the forefront of your heart and in your mind. And I think the Bible says that uh, we have the mind of Christ. True. So when you get born again, I believe that your your whole viewpoint changes Truth. on things, right? So but that has to be a choice. You yeah. got to let God do that. And yeah. so when things like this come up, it doesn't really affect me in the way that a lot of people, I think, would expect it to. Mm -hmm. um, simply because God has delivered me from a lot of prejudice and a lot of those opportunities to, to, to be hurt and to feel hurt. Not to say that I'm not uh, unaware right. of what's happened, but um, I choose to believe that the love of God covers a multitude of sin, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, well, with me and Sarah, you know, there was, well, I think, only one or two times that... Uh, we actually experienced something in public. I remember one time we were going downtown to a festival and this one couple walked by, a white couple walked by, and the girl or side said something as they, me and Sarah were passing, made a, the N-word comment. Wow. <laughs> and it was funny because it didn't really even affect me, but Sarah said, I had to almost hold her back, you know? She's like, what did you say, you know? Oh my God. So, you know, it's, 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 it's evident, stuff's out there, but again, I think it all boils down to choice. You gotta believe that uh, this is who God has made me to be, and I'm gonna love just the way he loved me. Mm -hmm. Right. I think one of my favorite, one of the phrases that stuck out yesterday at the rally and the protest for me was, do you believe me now? And I think it was Leroy Hibbert who said Hibbert it. Said yep. That was really good. Do you believe us now? Mm -hmm. And so that really got me to the core. Yeah. That, was, that was a very, very poignant statement. Mm -hmm. It was. So, Jedrin, you got young children as well. I mean, you got, you got Chelsea. She's probably transitioning to university and things like that. She and is, then you yeah. got Oliver. So yeah. how do you and Prisca work through these things at home? Well, it's it's, uh, it's 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 and they they told me you just got to put your mic up really close to your okay. Mic. There you go. Oh, <laughs> there it is. So it's it's been it's been uh, a, a different and challenging in, in certain respects. And uh, Oliver is nine, so I, I don't know whether he really sees color. I, mm -hmm. I don't think so because he's never said it, and he's got lot of you know white friends, brown friends, and, and I've, I've never sensed that it's something that he thinks about. Yeah. But now, because of what's been going on, he's beginning to ask questions. Mm. What, what's happening? Why are people in the, on the streets? What are you talking about? What is what does it mean to protest? What does it mean to be racist? So he's beginning to ask these questions. Wow. And, and we, we, we have to to explain these things to him. Chelsea is, you know, finished high school, she's going to university. So she's at a time where these things seem to matter so much to her. <laughs> Maybe more than her parents. But she she she's going through a transition. But she 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 comes from a home where there's a firm foundation. Yeah. I think that makes it a difference. So she learns from Prisca and myself how we handle these, these things. Mm -hmm. um, because I, th I think there is injustice in the world, but I think the church 
the, the world has got no answers. They don't know how no. to answer, the, answer no. these things, but the church is the answer, you know? Yeah. Because the church has the answer that the world, world needs. Because here in the church, for example, I talked about being here. When I come here, I don't care how many people are richer than me or poorer than me, how many people are brown or black or white. I just have this sense of belonging. Yeah. So in the church, there's absolute acceptance. And, and that's what we need to teach the world. That mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how somebody looks like, where they come from, the, skin, the color of their skin, their accent. We are all just people, you know, because God said uh, he, he so loved the world yeah. that he gave his son, you know. So God loves humanity. So that's the attitude we need to have. And that's the attitude we have as Christians. I yeah. think as Christians, it's easy to forgive, as Steve has said, easy to, to, to forgive because we know we've been forgiven. Right. Yeah. And we've got the heart of God in, in us. So it's easy for us to to forgive and accept people, but we need to teach the world that yeah. this is yeah. the right attitude. Yeah. Good, good. I like I it. I love that statement where you said Oliver doesn't see color. Yeah. And it just kind of goes to the whole point that racism is a learned behavior. I just, that was a very powerful statement for me that Oliver doesn't see color. It's true. And you know what? Jesus doesn't see color. Paul said, I've disciplined myself to see no man after the flesh, but only after Christ. And that's, and that, that's how we should see the world and our fellow human beings. It's true. So Viviana, I mean, I'm glad you came here. I, I know sometimes people, they, they stick with uh, churches and their, their ethnicity, and I'm glad you decided to... In a to language that a, they're comfortable yeah, with. Yeah, I mean, you know, English is my first language, and I'm not very good at it, you know? True. And, uh, <laughs> Anyways, so I love that guy. So, uh, I mean, but for you guys, what, what's it about? What's, what's it about? Do you guys face any difficulties? Do you have to talk to the kids about things? Or? Um, we actually do us Spanish. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, they all think that we're Mexican. Oh, <laughs> yes. So it's something that we laugh about. Um, one of my son, they'll, when he goes to school, they'll say, oh, you're Spanish. Oh, you're from Mexico. He's like, yeah, no. <laughs> but we just laugh about sure. it. Um, I guess as Spanish, um, uh, we don't have as much, we, we do have situations that we face, um, but we tend to laugh more and just ignore it. Yeah. We, it doesn't go as deep as other cultures. Um, we just laugh about it, talk about it, and just continue. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have had a few situations in, in our family, um, but as everyone is saying here, like our foundation is God, and he has taught us to forgive. So why are we going to make a big deal about it? It's just forgive and pray about it. And I find sometimes it's a lack of information or culture or knowledge about other people's culture as well that brings that, that um, I don't know what to say, I don't know how to say, that uh, place where we are right now. Like they, they're, they don't know their culture. They don't know what they're going through. And they, it's just a matter of, um, of understanding and learning about other culture as well. And that's going to give you a more understanding of what every culture is and how we live. Like, mm-hmm. we're, like even though we're Spanish and we're in here in this church, but Mauricio, my husband, his first language is not English. Um, and he, did, he said, you know what? Even though I don't understand 100% because pastors preach too fast. <laughs> <laughs> I like it when Zach preaches because he's very slow and I understand what he says, but pastor, it's too fast. Um, he got used to it and, you know, sometimes during the preaching, he'll ask me, okay, what is he saying? He, but 
it's he just loves it and my family as well we're just like it's like you said it's it's very open there's a lot of cultures here we don't feel like we're different we don't need to meet like every other churches that we have visited that they're spanish and they all have their own group even though they're an english church they all have their little group spanish so don't feel you know out of the box no like we have people like we have Wilma who are from sure. philippines yeah, yeah. we have marcia yeah. like we have people who are Canadian and we all meet and we're okay. We don't feel different. We feel right. like it's part of who we are and it's we're human. And yeah. that's basically what we do. We just meet and have fun and eat. Uh, eat. I love eating. It's good. Well, Mauricio, you got to know, there's a lot of English people. They're asking their wives, what's he saying? So that's, uh, I don't think that's a language barrier, you know. So That's just, we Cheryl, talk. Cheryl, what's going on? I know, I know even being a woman, we've, we've uh, you know, fought through some issues, even in our movement and things yeah. to, for women. And what's that all about with you? Well, um, you know, I was brought up by a very strong wo woman who would never have called herself a feminist per se, but she was every bit a feminist and, and just took charge and wasn't taking any guff from anybody. But as a, as a believer, when I first got saved, I thought, you know, I'll just fall into place and fall into my role and be the subservient, submissive woman and everything. But something just graded me. But, you know, I, I had to, I hit that wall all the time. And I, one of the most devastating things for me was one time we were away at a conference and I won't say where or anything, but, you know, and I, we're a team. We've always seen ourselves as a team. I remember But that I was told to nobody else in the room of pastors yeah, or their all wives, pastors and wives yeah. were approached but I specifically was approached and they said to me you're not allowed to go on stage it's just for men and I I got as mad as a hatter and I refused to go to the adult services for the rest <laughs> of the week you know if you don't you know, want to accept me, then you're just going to have to experience my resistance. And so that was really hurtful. And um, one of the things Carl said to me was, you're going to have to articulate why you believe what you believe. And so it put me on a trajectory and, and a mission to, okay, I need to biblically be able to support why I believe in egalitarian marriages and egalitarian ministry in women in leadership and, and all of those things. And so it was kind of the, the straw that broke the camel's back for me. And so... I don't believe in sexism. I don't believe in racism. Right. I know it exists and everything, but it's just should never, never, never exist within the body of Absolutely. Christ. It should not exist in our globe at all, yeah. but especially in the household of God. It's true. Mm -hmm. But I, I love that, that you, you were annoyed with something, something caused you grief, but instead of it being something that you transmitted, it's something that you allowed to I had to let it transform me. Yeah. yeah. And, and then so, transform other people. Yeah. And then I think for Carl, one of the most poignant moments was when um, we were downstairs in our basement at mm. Princess Ave yeah. and we were reading the Corinthian scriptures. Uh, your daughter was reading it yeah. and you could, you know, he listened to me yap all the time <laughs> about, you know, being sexist and everything else. But when he, my daughter was reading some of the very difficult scriptures in Corinthian, you could see hope drain from her yeah, face. Yeah, I did. I saw like she she wanted to be a woman of God. She wanted to have influence in the body of Christ. And, and I literally did. I saw like hope drain from her that uh, she was just reading the words in the Bible that said uh, a woman should not teach and should not have authority. And she just, I just saw... Whew, 
because she aspired to something and had never ever considered that I, there's a ceiling on who I can be yeah. in the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And when I saw that, just be drained out of my daughter. We'd always said you can be everything you want to be and always encouraged her to dream big and go far. And that impacted me so big that I we immediately uh, helped her and got her books and, and showed her how those scriptures should her be Her first books that I bought her were all about this early suffragette all the movement. Suffragettes. Yeah. <laughs> so she knew about Elizabeth Cady Stanton and um, Susan B. Anthony before she should know anything else. Anyways. But I love what Jedwin was saying. When we're believers, you see, we, we're, we're, not, we're not here to pay sides. We're not here to say we're with this or we're with that. It's not even about that. Uh, we're here because Jesus came. And the whole message we're going to step into next week is Jesus came to introduce a new kingdom. Mm-hmm. And whatever you want to say about that, I will tell you this, that everybody, the, the Jewish people and the Roman people saw it as a political threat because Jesus said, I'm a new king. And even when he was arrested, they say, you say you're a king. And he said, it is as you say. Mm-hmm. And so he was saying, there's a new king. There's a new kingdom. There's a new realm. There's yeah. a new rule. There's a new way to live. And you know, ours doesn't come and it's not won or lost with an argument. Ours is transformative because it's the power of God. And we believe in new creation realities. And we believe that you're a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. And that's why in a community in the body of Christ, yes. you know, you know, I, it's not that I don't see differences. I love differences. Mm-hmm. And they don't bother me a bit. I think they're fantastic. Amen. You know what? I'm, I'm a little white fat guy. There you go. <laughs> I got my own club. <laughs> you know. But hey, you know what? I love this church. I love you folks. I love this community. I love what we can model and what we can be an example of as a community. But you know what? It's Jesus Christ. It's the finished work of the cross. And it's the fact that he ascended and baptized us with the Holy Spirit that we can live out of the power of the kingdom of God. So, Amen. I love that Paul, when he talked about the long um, exhortation about doing communion and the Lord's Supper, that it was in the context of a, of a church that was in like crisis. They yeah. were in uh, crisis in their community because of a mixed cultures, mixed race, mixed mixed religions, mixed uh, socioeconomic statuses. Mm-hmm. And then Paul addresses all of those things by dealing with communion. Yeah. I just love that. I do too. Mm-hmm. And you know, in the new kingdom, Jesus, who was the king, what you'll notice about him as you read the gospels, you'll see that this new king was highly relational. He didn't, he didn't go set up a throne and say, come to me. He came to them. And he went to tables. And what I love about before we got a whole bunch of doctrines, we got a table. Yeah. We were invited to a table. And I love that Jesus went into the homes and they were at tables. Yeah. And they sat face to face. And it wasn't a monologue. It was a dialogue mm-hmm. where people began to interact with one another True. and share with one another life, mm-hmm. real life. Amen. And so I love that he who was the king of glory came down and so identified with us. And he said, I didn't come. As a, as a king, indeed a king, but he came to serve yeah. and he Amen. gave his life Hands for mixed in the Boom. bowls together, Boom. you know, if there was no social, physical distancing. They would have been around a table on the floor, on the floor. and passing the food. So and good. I just yeah. love that whole thing about the, the mixing of people And he, had, he brought women to a whole other level, women who shouldn't have been in certain situations. Yeah. He made them a part of his leadership <laughs> team. When, when they walked in and invaded the men's space, he welcomed them. And, mm-hmm. and I just love 
love all those things he did. When you read it, you see how countercultural he really was even in his day. But one story real quick, and I want you to get your elements ready because we're going to go to communion. But I really love John 4. And I love John yeah. 4 because Jesus said, I must go through Samaria. I must. We must. And he took them through a place. Now, there's Gentiles and there's Samaritans. And Samaritans were like a crossbreed. They were a half-breed. And, and just in their culture, just years before this, I mean, Israel had gone up and, and pretty much destroyed them. They'd set up their own temples, way of worship. And there was massive conflict between these two groups. And uh, But Jesus said, I've got to go through Samaria. And we must go through. And when he went through there, he sent his guys. He goes to a well, and he's on that well, Jacob's well. Jacob, the twister, just the planter. He goes to Jacob's well. But then he sends his, his fellas in, go get, some, go get some lunch, you know. And he's there, and he meets a woman and transforms her life. He meets a woman in the middle of pain, and he transforms her life. So much so that a woman that was hiding suddenly became someone in the full light of the day, ran back into a community that she knew despised her. And she didn't care because, you know what, she'd been completely, absolutely healed. And it was so transformative that it transformed the whole city, and everybody came to see Jesus. So I'm going to give you three and things. And it broke every uh, normative. Every yeah. norm. Um, um, behavioral yeah. decorum. Amen. So three things I'm going to share with you right now. Three things. You ready? Number one, if you're following Jesus, a lot of things are going to happen, but just three things today. You'll find yourself walking towards things you usually avoid. You'll find yourself walking towards things you usually avoid. And that happens with Jesus. And I, I don't believe God has anything to do with the COVID or, or racism or any of those things. But, you know, I believe right now 2020 is going to be a massive transformative year. Amen. And we're going to see an incredible breakthrough everywhere. Amen. Things are shifting and things Come are moving. On, don't Another, hide under a bushel or hide in a cave. Walk towards the things on, that need right. to be addressed. Yeah, and with Holy Ghost fire. We can't fire. stand back and Address ignore things. what's happening and what's going on. Now, if we are the foundation and pillar of truth, then, you know, we've got a voice. Yeah. And whenever God wants to change the world, he touches someone's mouth mm -hmm. and that's what's always happened and yeah. uh, number two it says we find ourselves walking towards things we don't understand mm -hmm. I don't understand everything I really don't you know and I, I'm still growing I, I hope I'm still not, not growing this way but I'm, <laughs> I'm still stretching I'm still, I'm still gaining understanding and well one of my favorite quotes yesterday was I understand that I will never understand but nevertheless I stand and there are things about people's lives whether it's based on uh, creed culture culture or whatever that I'll never understand as a white female mm. but I want to stand linked arm in arm with my brothers yeah. and sisters Amen. true third thing you ready third thing is we find ourselves walking into a greater capacity to express his unconditional, unconditional. love because you see they might have been in Samaria and they came back and they were amazed he's talking with this woman and they were they were amazed they were like I don't get it I don't get why we're here. Mm -hmm. I don't get why you're talking to this woman. I don't get it. But you know what's amazing in that story, in that historical event, Jesus didn't just end up passing through. He ended up staying for a few yeah. days and, and they had a full-on revival and there was a complete breakdown uh, of all the things that hindered and resisted things. That's because when Jesus comes in, it's transformative. It's new creation. Mm -hmm. it, it's just a whole different mm -hmm. scale altogether. And we got that. And we we're are transformative as Jesus we is. So are we in we this are. earth. We're, we're the, the government of God in the power earth. Of God. We're 
Ed, come yeah. on, Ed, quit talking while I'm talking. <laughs> Sorry. That's <laughs> uh, awesome. It's good stuff. So you look Acts chapter 1, verse 8. We looked at it last week. And you know, here's the thing. Here's a group of people. They went through Samaria. Now he says, you'll be my witnesses, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So we're laying down our lives everywhere, wherever we go. We're going to lay down our lives and we're going to manifest the life of the kingdom and the life of the goodness of God everywhere we go. So I just got to ask Sue to put up a little slide for me. Can you put up this slide for me, Sue? It's a little picture there. Uh, this is Martin Luther King. Gets quoted a lot these days. And just want to read this one quote with you. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. True. We are caught in an inescapable network of mutuality tied in a single garment of destiny. And whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly. Yeah. And uh, that's just such a, such a great quote. Such a great quote. Where was he when he wrote this? He was in the jail in Birmingham. And he wrote this quote, he wrote this statement. And uh, thank God for people and for voices who stood up in, in times like that. Really, really good. I'll read you another one out of Amos. I just love this. It's from I love the, this from the, it's from the message. It says, do you know what I want? This I is want the prophet, justice. God speaking through the prophet. It is. And Amos was a farmer. Yeah. You know, he was a rural guy. He said, do you know what I want? I want, I want justice, justice oceans, oceans of it. it. I, I want, want fairness, rivers of it. That's, that's what I want. That's all I want. I just yeah. love that. And that's really what we want, you know, because we're, and Jesus entered the temple, you know, on the Passion, beginning of the Passion Week. Uh, he knew what his father's house should look like. He alone knew. And he said, it's supposed to be a house of prayer for all the nations. Why all these boundaries? Why all these barriers? Mm -hmm. And he alone knew what his father's house should look like. And he said things straight. Mm -hmm. And thank God he's done that once and for all for us. Mm -hmm. And we can walk in that. So we're going to hope you yeah. got your elements there and you're ready to go. Because mm -hmm. uh, we've might it happens so fast. Yeah. It goes ahead of time. Pastor Cheryl, why don't you take the bread and... And then why don't you pray for us? Well, I thank God that Jesus instituted the Eucharist, the communion, because, you know, I am experiencing spiritually, mentally, and physically the effects of communion because I have to eat this bread. So I'm experiencing the effects of community and communion together with my brothers and sisters. Amen. And, you know, in Ephesians it says that... Um, the church is God's eternal purpose and that it's his eternal purpose in that it will show forth the multifaceted wisdom of God. And I look around the room right here today and my friends and my brothers and sisters around the table and this is a multifaceted wisdom of God. Why? To show forth his glory to principalities and powers. Yeah. And those That's principalities right. and powers that would, um, that would kind of insight, racism, sexism, prejudice, when we come together as a community and we're, we declare the multifaceted wisdom of God in, in, in the fact that we are together, one body, one loaf, we have one Father, one Spirit, and one Jesus. And so Amen. I thank God and I thank Jesus thank for Jesus. instituting this sacrament so that we could remember mentally, spiritually, but we could partake physically of the bread. Thank Amen. you, Lord. The body of Christ. Mm -hmm. Stephen, why don't you tell us about the cup and then pray with us? Well, you know, the, the cup represents Jesus' blood that was shed for all of us once and for all. And he uh, tells us to take this cup, drink it. Um, it's representing the new covenant that he's made with us. It, the old covenant's not forgotten. It, the new covenant now has uh, been 
reinstituted and created uh, in Christ for you, for me. And so as we take this cup, he said, take, drink this in remembrance of me as often as you want. Now, communion doesn't have to be done True. Uh, once a month. You right. can take communion often, every day, come weekly, on. as many times a day as you want. You come, and you, you come to the table with Jesus, he's going to be there to take that communion with you. Yeah. And so, Father, we just thank you for yes, the, the, the blood today. We uh, receive it right now for the communion of this body yes. in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Mm. You know, Pastor, I just wanted to, I forgot to read something a friend of mine sent to me real quick. This is a friend of mine that I grew up, we've known each other since junior kindergarten, and a little white guy, and ironically, he used to say, or people used to say that he was my... Um, my shadow. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, he wrote this to me the other day. He lives in Toronto now, and he said, Hey, Steve, uh, I'm writing you with a pained heart. I have watched the video from Minneapolis with horror. I never saw you as a person with a different colored skin. I just saw you as a brother, my friend. Your parents were hardworking, people who loved their boy, and were no different than my parents. They welcomed me into their home regardless of the color of my skin. There's some more, but, you know, it just really spoke to my heart that when we think back to, you know, uh, Sarah said something, uh, wrote something about how God sees a whole bunch of stuff in, in color. Why yeah. would we want to separate color? Yeah. Um, but in the same time, it was a heart motive. We were just, we didn't see the differences that people bring up now. Mm -hmm. And it was just, um, it just really blessed me to to hear from him and, and um, experience that, eh? Yeah, yeah. Amen. I'm so yeah, thankful awesome. for the community of God and its diversity and its richness and that I yeah. have personally been blessed by being a part of a, a very, very diverse community. And I'm so thankful to God for yeah. that. Amen. True. Amen. Mm -hmm. Well, Jedrin, thank you. I appreciate you coming in. And Viviana, bless you guys. And Stephen, thank you for joining us today. And it just brings richness to all that we do because community is everything and relationships everything. And we're missing all you guys. I'm happy to see you face-to-face yeah. -face like this. True. It's a special blessing. Amen. But we love you guys. I love community. And you know, if you've just been checking us out, it's your first time watching us, you'd like to know more, please go to our website. You can click on the red all-access pass. You can do that. They're going to share more of that with you in the after show. But if you don't know Jesus, I'll tell you, Jesus is the answer to all the stuff. Amen. He really is. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know him and you want to know him, just put up your hand right now, right in your living room, dining room, wherever you are watching this. Just put up your hand and say, yeah, I want Jesus. Jesus. You know, I tell you, just do that. You know, I see that. I see that hand and that hand. You know, just say, say something real simple with me. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you, God. For forgiving me and accepting me and healing me. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. As my Lord and Savior. Thank you. Thank you. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Coming into my life now. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. We love you. Thank you guys. Love Thank you guys so all much. bunches.